0: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network. As we thank you once again for one of these special editions that we're doing on Survivor. I don't really know about special editions anymore. They're just off-season episodes on Survivor as we sort of get back into a regular period of doing the show where we began. And we've covered a lot in the last couple of weeks. We're back again this week to maybe have a bit more of a negative look. I don't really know how this episode's going to turn out. I think there's a lot of questions around the show, uh, where we're at currently and kind of the state of the game. A lot of people have a lot of things that they're saying not quite right with this show, even though they're still watching it, and perhaps we can go through a lot of those with you today as uh, we sort of pose a question. Is is Survivor broken? Maybe. Maybe not. We'll find out. My name is Ben. I don't really have a quote because we're not really doing that on these episodes, and it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show one of our beloved co-hosts the only one who's actually in New Zealand, who's actually a New Zealander, Mr. Nick Chester. Hello, Nick. Welcome back.
1: Hello. Thank you. If this is a special edition, can we kind of like Star Wars special edition it and kind of um, just go and Photoshop Chris as the winner out of the last season and put somebody else in instead? We'll replace it with Jedi Rocks. I'm sure that's a
0: one appropriate use um, of that song. Um. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's great to talk about Survivor with you again But I mean, it's, it's interesting Because this sort of, I guess, came about you, you wanting to come back on and talk about this Because, as, as everyone's aware Listening to this in the last few weeks I sort of took a bit of a break from Survivor you know, caught up on the three seasons that I missed posted a Facebook post sort of about, you know, my thoughts, just, you know, dot points on the seasons. And you sort of messaged me and was like, Oh, if you, if you do a, if you do an episode on survivor, I, I want to be here. I want to talk about, you know, this, that and everything else with, with the show. So I mean, what's happening, Nick, are, are you delusional with the show? Like what what's kind of where, where, where are your thought process right now? Have, having been a fan of this show for so long, where we're at currently with survivor.
1: Yeah. I feel like that quote of, uh, um, one of the Spider-Man movies, I can't remember, but you know, like basically if, if somebody told you this is going to be a happy little tale, somebody lied. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely got, um, I've got some anger issues, which I'm just going to, I'm going to use this podcast as therapy really to, to kind of get them out there. I guess, like, I guess probably for me is I think you and I kind of took a bit of a break from survivor at about the same time. Like, I watched up through, I think, you know, her Game Changers was pretty unimpressed with that. I thought it was just like, you know, for we didn't need another All-Star season at that time, and but we got one anyway. Um, and, you know, it was an average season. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. And I was just like, oh, I don't really need to rush back into watching this show. And, uh, you know, had a lot going on outside of, you know, like in my actual real life. Um, and so I didn't pick up on 35 until it was probably about halfway through. And I thought, oh, I'll binge this and see if I like it. And I'm kind of glad I did binge it because the first half of of season 35 is atrocious. Um, The second half isn't much better. And 36 is just like a season full of lost opportunities. Um, I think, you know, like 37 kind of got me back into it a little bit. I thought, Oh, that was actually quite a good, good season of the show. And oh, I mean, last season, like, just such a train wreck. I mean, the worst season of Survivor ever, I think. And you know, I think that's that. Some people might consider that a big call when you've got seasons like uh, Redemption Island and and whatnot out there. But at least Redemption Island kind of had a logical story, and you know, the you know, you could see why the winner won. And oh, yeah, I mean, last season was just just so atrocious that it, it's, it, it's it doesn't even bear thinking about. But I guess that's why we're here.
0: I think the issue I I find, and I'm sure you might feel a similar thing given that we're both in similar positions sort of catching up on the show how we did, is that, you know, in, in binge-watching so many of these seasons close together, there, there just doesn't seem to be much of a differential. Like, I feel if you're a new fan of the show and you you know watched a collection of seasons together i feel like you could feel a difference between them and like <coughs> you know if you if you were to name me like five contestants from the last 3 4 seasons right now i would struggle to tell you which specific season they were on and you know with the exception of a couple of characters here a couple of moments it's just it's it's it's, it's just a tricky time i think to to really kind of show that ad- admiration of the show that we've obviously held for some time and I I would agree with you for the most part. What you're saying with a lot of of those seasons. I mean, I I've said constantly. I think I'm a bit more of a heroes, healers, hustlers fan than most. But having said that, I'm not going to put it anywhere near my top ten. Um, and it's just. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, we we live in this era now, don't we, where it's all about the theme. It's all about, you know, 527 different twists and advantages per episode. We're literally having to show a scorecard on the screen now next to a person's name to show what they've got and what they don't have. I mean, again, a show has to adapt. A show has to develop over time. But is is there a point where you think it it develops too much and it's losing what it, it was meant to be in the beginning?
1: Yeah and I and like I, I totally understand that that you know you couldn't just have you know 40 seasons of Borneo like you kind of do have to adapt and change that's totally normal and um but I I would kind of take a little bit of of you know, umbrage with the likes of Jeff Probst, who would who would say, "Oh, you know, we just have to keep moving the show forwards, and everybody wants these twists and things like that." And like, I actually don't think that we do, and I I don't think the show would suffer if we kind of took a bit more of a relaxed approach to having to you know have twists every five minutes. So, I, I actually think most fans are here, and I guess that's all what you're looking for in Survivor like you know are you able to just watch a good storyline and watch these characters kind of develop or do you have to be constantly surprised and you know for me i like i don't feel the need to be constantly surprised like, I, like i'm actually quite happy to watch. You know, i don't want to watch a boring pegonging but I, i'm also quite happy to to kind of just see a a story kind of develop and you know, I think some of the, the better seasons, of one well, maybe not the better season, but some good seasons of Survivor have not been the ones that have been, you know, a twist a minute and you never know what's going to happen next. And, you know, like I'm a big defender of seasons like Africa and, and Thailand because I think you actually really get to know the characters. You get to know who they are. And, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot more humor and, 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 you know, just some kind of real characters. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're just in a real rush to kind of surprise everybody all the time. And, uh, you know, I just don't think that most fans absolutely need that. I you know i think the the fans of survivor are there you know i i don't know what the viewing figures are but i'm you know it seems like they've more or less been steady for you know, like almost a decade now, like they haven't really gone up. They haven't really gone down, which kind of indicates to me that you kind of got a solid group and they're probably going to stay until the show's done now. So like, maybe we need to think about kind of what they're looking for rather than trying to constantly, because it feels like these twists are trying to like drag people in. And I can't imagine anybody who's like been around for the last 20 years and goes, Mm, I think I'll give survivor a go now, you know, like you're either in or you're out now, you know, like you're, you're not going to suddenly jump in at season 40 and go, I want to see what this is all about. Like you've, you've had 20 years and 40 seasons to decide whether or not you want to watch this show. We're not gathering new fans. We kind of, you know, like I think you kind of just want to give the fans who have been there for as long as they have a a bit more of of what they like. And I'm not entirely sure that most fans are desperate for lots of these twists.
0: That's a very good point because yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, what, what can you do to draw these people in? And I mean, I guess it's the same with any really reality show, isn't it? Like, if you like Idol, you're gonna watch Idol. You know what you're in for. You, you like The Amazing Race. You like The Bachelor. Like any of these shows, you know what you're watching it for. And it's it's yeah, I think it's a very good point you make with that. And a question I did ask um, Colin and Rossi the other week is, what season? Just off the top of your head right now, Nick is is the one that you think was the last actually really good season of Survivor? Like, how long has it been? Do you think since we can sit here and say. Yeah, that season was great. That was a great season, solid. Everything about it, you know, was pretty good.
1: I, I mean, I think probably, and I know um, kind of Kagayan came up in that discussion and like I tend to agree with that to to a point, but I actually think Rong was a really good season as well and, and not because it had lots of big twists and it, it did have some of that and it had kind of like, I think the appropriate amount, but it was one of those seasons where you actually were debating the end and that's quite fun. Like we actually had two characters there, you know, there were two kind of groups. you were either kind of Team Aubrey or Team Michelle at the end there and, you know, like everybody would kind of had their, the, the play that they wanted to win and um, you know like there was a, there was lots to discuss when the season was over in a really positive way and so I think that was probably the last really really good season um, you know I think it, and you're totally right that kind of almost everything that's followed that has kind of been so generic that you know you could swap something in and out and you know like I, I, I do think that that location is kind of important. I think like it, you, you can really tell that we're just in the same location every season now. Like you really, really can see that. You can feel it and you know like I think that there I know it's hard to find new locations all the time but I think that there would be a lot of value in kind of going to a few new places and actually marketing a season based on where you are because Rong, yeah I know it was a brain's brawn beauty but it was you know that first season in Cambodia and you know there was a new a new look to it a new location and you know I think that that's really important and I think some of the more effective seasons that we've had over the years have been the ones that have kind of blended location and theme together. Like I think, you know, Pearl Islands is an obvious example, but um, even Palau, you know, like it's a, it's a really it's a cool location, but we also use that real military theme. Um, and you know, so I think we can we can actually get back to that. We don't actually just need to go, well, we're staying in Fiji forever, um, and we're just going to pump out these really generic themes all the time. I think location is really important, and so that's why I think that Koh Rong is is probably one of those last ones because it was one of the last ones where the location was kind of unique and, and different from from basically everything that's followed since. I mean, that's crazy to think, right, that was 32, mm-hmm. and that was the last time we've, we've not been in Fiji, which is, that's nuts now that we're coming into season 40. It's like We've had eight seasons on the same location, and I think that does start to take a wear and tear. You know, I do get the whole thing about you know, it, it's easy for production to be in the same place and, and most most fans probably don't actually care, you know, like a tropical island's a tropical island, but I actually do think it's starting to show that we're just in the same place all the time and, you know, we might as well just buy a Survivor Island and market it that way or and, and that's why I think kind of location is important, going somewhere unique and different and being able to tell that story a little bit more. Surely they're going to start running out of Fijian names to name these tribes <laughs> after fairly soon.
0: Well it's almost like you could refer to it as almost like the big brother house. House, right like i mean big brothers never a show about locations it's just it, they're in the big brother house like in australia that was in dream world uh, i'm sure in america it's like on the cbs lot or something like <laughs> that so yeah it, it has become very much like that because i think we're really at a point now moving into 39 where we're going to have more seasons based purely on a twist rather than a location you know I, I think kind of we would often talk about the fact that samoa was really the last season to be purely location without a theme or a twist, you know, that was just survivor Samoa. And every subsequent season after that has had some form of major dramatic twist. Like sure you're still having your your Nicaragua, you know, your Philippines, um, you know, Cambodia's things like that. But I mean, even with that, Nicaragua's old versus young, you know, Philippines is, you know, bring back the three Medevacs. Cambodia is second chances so it's kind of you're still having these theme elements i mean that's 20 seasons now essentially 10 years since we have we've had a season which is purely location no twist that's all we've got
1: yeah, and I think one of the things that makes Survivor a unique show is that people like to think, oh, how would they deal with being in this environment? And, you know, like if it starts to feel like it, they're actually on a sound stage, which is almost what it feels like now, um, that, you know, like this could actually just be set in, a, in an island theme at the back of some parking lot in, in L.A., you know, like it doesn't actually really feel like they're on a deserted island anymore. And I think that that's like people do still watch this because they want to get this this little bit of a sense of a escapism that these people have kind of you know been thrown into this this completely you know like desolate location and having to build a new society that is still part of the appeal for a lot of people I think and I you know I think Jeff would argue that people aren't interested in that anymore but I actually would really argue that point and one of the things that kind of drove that home to me is that I recently watched the um the Ponderosa clips from this later season and there's actually some really interesting stuff there because you've got these people who were basically on a deserted island for 35 days you know like without playing the game and kind of talking about how that affected them kind of coming off the show and like if people haven't seen those Ponderosa clips I'd really recommend you watch them because it gives you a bit of a it gives you that perspective of kind of why we watch Survivor a little bit I think it's you know like how these people cope with this you know this really difficult situation and being locked away from civilization and having to create their own one and and the kind of the psychological effect it has on them and I think I do still think a lot of people want to see that on their show and, and I think that that's what we're starting to lose now.
0: I'd completely agree because I I always find some of the more fascinating conversations that you can have with survivor contestants is about you know these survival aspects because again it's it's been such a long time since that's been the focus i mean even sort of in these last few seasons i mean god he's going back to my point about can't even remember which seasons which like there was the one where they had to evacuate them because there was the freaking hurricane or whatever it was i mean it's happened i think like twice now but i mean like you know that to me should be such more of a big deal like they're being evacuated because of the weather, but it's kind of just gelled over in five minutes and let's get to the same same challenge that we have in every single bloody episode now. So, um, yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. And then even sort of when you think about things like the food now, I mean it's all about the, hey, cool, we've run out of rice, let's, uh, you know, negotiate. And, I mean, you could argue that, you know, Australian Outback technically had the negotiation as a first. So, like, you know, fans would say, like, hey, look, you know, this has been there since the old school. But I think that was a little bit different. Like, that was based purely on a flood. Like, that wasn't based on, oh, we've eaten all our rice, let's trade something for this. Like, that was based on pure need, not necessarily a, fuck, we've been too bad with our food.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, it, I guess I could be wrong. I, you know, people could just be watching this purely for the strategy. But I think I think the strategic and you know the blind sides and all that they actually have no meaning if you don't have any real feeling for the players out there. And I guess that's another one of the big issues I've got is that I don't think that the show is really treating these players as you know these kind of interesting characters that we want to invest. in. I mean, you talked early on about you know you couldn't actually really name more than a couple of players from each of the last five seasons, and that's a problem. Like. You actually want to have this group of people that you want to bring back, and and if you know if we as as viewers aren't really interested in watching them, then you know like it doesn't matter how fascinating the blind side is or, or how many idols they find, you know if we don't invest in that that player. Then you know when we're not really going to be interested. And I guess probably that's where that season 35 did kind of you know there were towards the end there. You know, like even though I'm somebody that enjoys the strategy, is that I was actually starting to root for Ben a little bit because you know like I they did a good job of kind of emotionally manipulating me um, to want to want to see Ben win, even though he wasn't maybe playing the best strategic game. And you know like we need more of that kind of stuff. You actually need to feel for the players. And you know like I, I just don't. I guess probably that's the thing about about this last season that has left me so cold is that, you know, I, I I don't know at what point like who got voted out that I just went, well I just don't really care who wins anymore like there's nobody there that. I'm really even interested in seeing win, and that's a problem, you know. Like if you if you just because you should always be going into a survivor finale with either somebody you really want to see win or somebody you really really don't want to see win, and uh, or or both, you know, in, in an ideal scenario. But if you go into a finale and you don't really care who wins, then then something's gone pretty horribly wrong throughout that season, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I mean, look, last season had so many issues with it, I think, kind of, I had, you know, avoided every form of spoiler there was, and then like, last minute I got spoiled on the winner, kind of like, ah, fuck, but I, I, when I was watching it, I don't even think I realised who Chris was until about three episodes in, I'm like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm meant to be keeping an eye on this Chris guy, he wins, right? Um, And then, sort of, by the time you realise who he is, he's getting voted out, and then when they come back what halfway through and um Devons gets brought back in the game, I'm like going, hang on a minute, how does Nick win this game then? And it's just it was just so all over the shop and everything and then even like one of my biggest gripes of the whole thing is that, you know, at the end of the day if Keith and Wendy hadn't have left the island then everyone's going to be a jury member and like you got to earn that you got to earn to be a jury member like that's that's just a little thing that you know jeff Varner, i think i said this last week it must be spewing watching that going like i just had to show up that season i'm on the jury (laughs) like it's just yeah i mean god this this could be just a whole edge of extinction episode really but i mean god it was terrible
1: yeah, I guess probably that there there are just so many issues with that season. Uh, you know, like I've tried to to step back and um, you know that joke I made about Chris at the start of the of this episode was was probably not in in, in good form because um, you know I think it's really easy to go oh, well you know Chris is the worst winner and um, but I mean he he didn't do anything wrong you know he right. he basically won the, he won the game under the the scenario that was available to him and he made the very best out of a bad situation. But you know like and you know War Dog had that line which you know Jeff absolutely loved because it kind of you know <laughs> gave him credit at the end which was you know don't hate the don't hate the twist hate the player or whatever the hell he said and that's just such bullshit the twist was awful and you know there's no getting around the fact that you should not have somebody that was you know out essentially out of the game for weeks on end that's able to win it like that that's an absolute mockery of what this game's about and you know I remember with my thoughts about Redemption Island is that I always had issues with that that you know basically you shouldn't be able to to bypass the the major part of this game which is actually you know that whole thing about in order to win this game you have to Walk that really fine line of voting people out, but getting those people to then turn around and vote for you at the end to give you know reward you for voting them out, and that is the hardest part of a survivor is actually getting people that you have betrayed to ultimately reward you for that betrayal. And you know like edge of extinction just completely negates that part of the game. You know like Chris didn't have to do any of that; he just had to you know make the most of the last couple of days. Like he barely voted anybody off, um, and you know these people all just liked him because they they were just having a, a fun time on the well not a fun time probably but you know they weren't actually playing the strategic part of the game and so like he was able to bypass the the kind of the outplay or, or outlast part of the game whatever you want to talk about it you know but the, to me the most important part which is that social dynamic of actually voting people out and then getting them to reward you for it he didn't have to do any of that and to me that's a that's a pretty massive problem with the theme I'd like to think that survivor has learned something from that that, that you know this is just something that won't stand in the future that people are going to turn off from this if you know they feel that you know somebody's able to bypass the the, you know the most important aspect of the game but who am I to know you know like I guess if that had been Joe instead of Chris and Joe had won the game in that way is that there's probably a big portion of the fan base that would have absolutely loved that so so who knows really you know like I might be off off base some people may have absolutely loved that but I haven't heard a lot of people You know, really, you know, really anybody who's thought, oh, that was a good way to to end that season.
0: Well, it was like back in Pearl Islands, wasn't it? Like it would have been if Lil had a one. You know, how would have found it would have been a much different reaction. Obviously, back in season seven to you know twenty eight or thirty eight. So.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I guess the the difference there is that at least at least you know Lil and Burton had to be voted back into the game by True. the other people that that got voted out, and I know True. there's a whole story around Lil actually was so annoying that she got voted out of the Outcast and you know back into the game. So I know that that kind of doesn't work either. But you know I think that there's at least you at least have to have some kind of social skill and all and you know like I think if they did that on Edge of Extinction if they went well actually we're not going to have a challenge. We're actually going to have you guys at the end of the you know the 35 days. Is you're all going to vote, and whoever gets the most votes is going to come back into the game. And I think suddenly Edge of Extinction takes on a, a whole new purpose, where you actually have people who are having to still play those politics, but in a different way on the game. You know, like, I, and I think that that would have been an interesting dynamic. But to me, this is probably one of the big problems with Survivor is that they, at the moment, they take like kernels of good ideas and then completely fuck them up. Um, and you know, like Ghost Island is a perfect example of that. Like, what a cool idea of like having you know, all these these things from the, the past of Survivor and bringing them back into the game. And it was completely just, like, not used properly. It was, like, just such a missed opportunity. And it's not one of those things that they can probably do again. It was, like, a once-off, and they completely fucked it up. So it was just, like, to me, like, a really lost opportunity to do something cool.
0: I'd agree with that, too, because, I mean... I'd probably say out of the last three seasons, I hate Ghost Island the most. Um, but it, it also, yeah, I agree with that theme. Like, it, it had so much potential. And it's cool to, like, have these, you know, moments where it's all of a sudden, like, here are James's idols. Here's, you know, that fucking stick from, like, yeah. things like that. Like, yeah, great. Um, but, I mean, save something like that for season 40. Like, you know, like, yeah. have something of, you know, because Heroes vs. Villains and All-Stars both sort of touched on that, didn't they? Of revisiting the past. Micronesia, I think, did a similar thing too. And that kind of, you know, we lost that when it came to Cambodia and game changes because it was just, you know, boom, that's you know, it's a returning season, whatever. So I really do hope in season 40, as this kind of you know, 20th anniversary celebratory season, that we do bring that element back into it. Because I think that's important. Like going back to what you're saying about the fans and this this sort of you know stable viewership is that there are loyal people who have watched this show from the very beginning. I mean you see that all the time now with these players like i started watching it when i was this age this age blah 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 and it's it's kind of you know it's all well and good to reward the younger viewers because i mentioned this last week i feel like there's a lot of this is swaying towards kids watching this show now because jeff is very quick to emphasize the kids watching this show but like yeah you have people watching this show since day dot who would love callbacks who would love these things to celebrate 20 years of the season of the show sorry
1: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't get your hopes up with season forty. You know, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near it. Like, I think any time you've got returning players, it's going to be exciting to a degree. But I actually think it's going to be a shit house season. I think that really, wow. yeah I, I i think the players that they brought back are not interesting um you know i think they've they've missed an opportunity to bring back some some good players and i also think probably the idea of bringing back all winners is is really stupid i you know, i think that um yeah you know, i, I it's quite hard to, to kind of because I know everybody's excited to see winners play but you know Jeff is actually right in some of the things he's said in the past is that some a lot of the winners are not the most exciting TV you know they they won for a very good reason and that's because they didn't make waves you know like I know people are excited to see you all and Danny back but there's probably a reason that they were on season 11 and 13 and never been invited back is because they're not really that interesting to watch and you know I know that's kind of hard to hear for some people who have grown up thinking these people are here but they're ultimately not going to be great TV. I'm sorry to say it. Um and you know, like I think, you know, you think about any of these past all-star seasons and what have they all got in common? Well they've actually really utilized players from the last two or three seasons. You know, like you think about all and we're not going to have any of them. So we're not going to have we're not going to have anyone from thirty eight or thirty nine and maybe even after ripping shit out of some of them. Like who do we want to see back from the last couple of seasons? Well, I don't want to see I don't want to see Nick, and I don't want to see Wendell, I want to see Dominic. I want to see um, Christian. I want to see Rick. You know, like those kind of players who are interesting TV. Chrissy. You know, those are the people I want to see back. And you know, they've just missed a golden opportunity to kind of bring back some of the best TV from the last couple of years. Instead, they're going to bring back the winners who weren't really that interesting. And so, I can guarantee you that before season 44, we're going to have a second All Star season so that we can bring those players back. So, like this is the whole thing is that it just doesn't feel very special to me it just feels like oh okay well it's season 40 so we're going to bring these guys back and actually I just don't think some of them should have been brought back you know I think you know Kim's a great player but she's not great TV and you know like I actually like I looked at that cast and there was I think there was about two I was like oh well I'm excited to see them play again but the majority of them is like I didn't need to see them on my TV again. Like, once was enough, you know, and you know, I'm glad they won or whatever, but I just don't need to see them again. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have very low expectations for Season 40. I've got even lower expectations for Season 39. So, you know, like, maybe I'm going to be pleasantly surprised because I'm not expecting very much at all.
0: Fascinating. I, I'm I'm actually really glad that we're doing this chat just for that, that discussion point you just raised there because I feel the last two weeks we've just – completely talked up this prospect. And and, uh, look, I'll just say again that I, for one, believe that this season is going to be very exciting on so many levels. And personally, I don't see how you can't be excited for this. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I I, I appreciate that perspective because I think it's... Well, I guess the
1: other thing... Go yeah, ahead, sorry. I ahead. think just the other thing too is that you know, like I think, like the thing about kind of All Star season is that, and you know, like one of the things that worked really, really well with Cambodia is that you had these thirty, sorry, twenty players who, well, more than that because obviously you had the ones that got that didn't get voted back on, but they were they were hungry as all hell to play again. Like they had something to prove, and they, you know, they had their first opportunity and they blew it. And like you can't tell me that like. That poverty is like banging on the door to play Survivor again. Like her, who well, her life has moved on, and I, I just can't imagine that she's got the fire in her belly to go back and play Survivor again. Like this is a this is one last kind of you know it's a last golden goose, one last paycheck for some of these guys to kind of. And you can't tell me that that um, the reason that Rob and Sandra are on Thirty Nine isn't some sweetheart deal, so that you know they said oh well, we'll do forty, but we want you know a season under our belt first, um, where we will. Be the stars of the show without any chance of being voted out. Like it just feels all too, you know, like nice for them, you know. And like I just don't think you're going to have this kind of cutthroat game that a lot of people are expecting. Like you know, these guys are also they're not going to see it coming. They're used to you know they've all played a winning game, so they haven't played. Well, a lot, some of them have, but most of them have not played a game where they've lost and 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 been blindsided. And I just don't think they're going to be playing in the kind of cutthroat game that people who have lost will. Um, you know, like. I, I could be wrong, but you know, like I, I just don't see how some of these guys are just are gonna are gonna be getting up for this. I, I just I really don't.
0: What, what I see with that though is I think that I feel the, the the fact that you are bringing back all these winners and you've got that because to me Survivor Now is more about the title of Soul Survivor rather than the money. I think it's been that way for a long time. Um, and to me, a lot of these players I feel are going to come out and think, well, if I win this, like best of the best, because you know you, you think about the debate always who's the greatest survivor player of all time and automatically you know the answer is Sandra because she's won twice now no matter what happens in this season you're going to have a two time winner or potentially a three time winner so there's going to be more debate and i i would feel that the competitive level of some of these players would be that if i like i'm going to go out there and do everything i can to win again because i'm beating winners like it's it's a different perspective than sandra coming out and playing against a mixture of winners and non-winners, or, you know, Tony coming out a few seasons ago and all but admitting, like, I had no chance of winning. I just came out and had fun. I did what I did, you know, whatever it is. Sandra changed the game up. Thoroughly, you know, did incredibly well changing a game up. But again, that has got to come from a level of, I'm fucked, I'm going to do what I can. You know, we saw Ethan change that up in All Stars, you know, he was kind of really the only one you would argue, Richard did a bit too, but you know, Jenna and Tina really didn't sort of do a whole lot because they had no chance, so to me, I I think we're going to see a lot of surprises with this because you know, we could definitely have these people with that competitive nature, and I definitely agree with you, I think kind of there's got to be a sweetener in it, particularly for like Rob and Sandra, like you know, and you look at someone like Rob who is going to be out there for, you know, 78 days potentially, and with With Amber 2, half of that, they've got, you know, 38,000 kids out there to be looked at. You know, it's kind of there's got to be a lot of sweetness in there for them to leave their kids at home for that long. So they've got to pay a babysitter for a couple of months. So
1: I was going to say, you might want to rephrase that. I think they've got kids to look after and not be looked at. But... <laughs> that too.
0: Um, but yeah, like it's 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 got that level. Like absolutely, I think that this could be a massive fizzer. We could be looking in, I mean, all stars, everyone, 99% of people, won the 1%, um, argue that that was a complete waste of time. Like with all that hype, With all that excitement, and it turned out to be a dog's breakfast. Again, I don't agree with that, but for the majority, that's what they say. Heroes vs. Villains changed that perspective when it came to all-star seasons, because, you know, often regarded as one of the greatest. And then you've got Cambodia and Game Changers, sort of a mixed bag. Cambodia, often regarded pretty good. Game Changers, as you sort of summed it up before, it's a bit hit and miss. So, there's levels, there's everything, you know, I... I personally am on the positive try and I'm not a positive person so I'm going to take it but I I love this perspective from you, Nick. I think it's great. I think it's important to sort of hear this side of things while everyone is so excited for this season
1: well i mean and and i hope i'm wrong you know like that's the thing i I, i'm not hoping that i'm right that i'm gonna because nobody wants to to um sit through boring tv so i really do hope i am wrong and it is interesting tv and i think it will probably depend a little bit on who who kind of gets into a position of power you know i think if you've got somebody like a tony you know who kind of gets into a good position um then we could be looking at a fun season but like in all honesty, if Rob and Sandra and, and Amber and, and Tyson all kind of get into a position of power, we're looking at one of the most boring seasons of all time because those guys just will will be like boa constrictors and just squeeze any fun out of this game. Um, I also have real problems with the fact that, you know, like um, one of the, the, the basic kind of rules of this game is you can't conspire to, to share the money. And yet we've got a husband and wife on on, on a non-blood versus water season. And I think that that's kind of, that's wrong. I think that they've basically got, you know, they're kind of playing with, you know, like one hit in their card really, you know, like one of them can get voted out as long as one of them wins. And, you know, like I can totally see Rob, you know, when when, a, when an opportunity arises is to, you know, kind of lay his life down so that Amber wins. He doesn't care. The money's going to the same bank account. And, you know, I think to me, I've got I've got pretty big problems with that. Um, you know, I, I just don't – like on a blood versus water season, completely different because, you know, everybody's in the same situation. You've got one person who you're working with guaranteed before you go in and you're going to be sharing the money if you win. Um, whereas, you know, this is a different situation altogether. And, look, I <sighs> – Yeah, I guess I'm getting a little bit conspiratorial, but, like, I I really do think that Survivor would absolutely love it if Rob or Sandra won the game, and so it just already feels to me like the deck has been stacked in their favour, and, you know, maybe not absolutely deliberately, but, you know, it would make a nice little narrative if one of those guys came back and won the game, and so, yeah, I mean... I've got some real concerns about where we might be going with this season. And I, I guess probably with any all-star season is that, it, you know, like it's it's fun, but the stats don't really count. It's a bit like an all-stars game of, you know, like football or whatever, you know, like it's it's fun to see these guys clash with each other. But ultimately determining who's a good player of the game, I think it's completely, you know, like things are not even as they would be on a, on a regular season.
0: You mentioned there was a, maybe like two that you said you were excited for. Who are those two that you're excited to see come back?
1: Oh, I, I think the two that I'm really in, interested to see how they'll play on a second game are Natalie and Denise. I think, like, I think that they because I think that they are, are, are very interesting players. Um, I think Denise would be really interesting to see how Denise is in a situation where she's not got her life on the line every three days. Um, you know, and I, I just think Natalie is a, is a criminally underrated player. I, and I think San Juan del Sur is one of the best seasons of Survivor, and I won't hear anything otherwise. It is it is a phenomenally. I mean that good club season. with you, Nick. Survivor. I mean that club. Yeah, with you. and 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 I, you know, I think for for three episodes in the middle, which is the you know the the two after the swap and then the the Julie quit episode. If you, you can just take them out, suck them out of the middle, and everything else that happens on that season is is phenomenally good TV. And when you kind of get back to you know like good you know good characters, um, fun characters to watch, um, you know anyone from Natalie through to you know. Derek Jeremy obviously but even your John Mish and your Missy and, and you're like just so many great characters on that season and um, you know I think it kind of gets a little bit written off when it, it is a, a really good season so to see the winner of that season come back I think is really exciting um, you know and I I just I love the whole thing about you know that her twin was the first one voted out and you know mm. so that whole theory that a lot of people have is that, you know, that on on a given day, any winner could have been the first one voted out and any first voted out could have been the winner. You know, like, you can actually see that in in real time happening on San Juan del Sur. So I think those are the two I'm probably... interested in seeing them come back again but I guess like the thing people forget about the season is that you know we've all got these players that we've idolized over the years and we've talked up as being the best and all of them are going to have their records demolished you know because some only one person can win the season right so you know like if Kim doesn't win well then suddenly is she not the best player anymore you know like I, I think there is so much more to lose from having all these players go out and have their records tarnished than there is from you know some one person getting to win it um, and you know like a you guys Made an interesting point on the other podcast about the you know that group of players who have played once and won once. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, in terms of reputation, there's a lot to be gained from sitting on the sidelines and watching these idiots all take each other out, and and you still get to claim that you've got a hundred percent winning record. Mm,
0: yeah, no, it's there's a thing I've said in the last few weeks as well, like. For, for people like us who sit here and waste our lives debating over a reality television show, it gives us lots of content uh, pre-game and post-game because, uh, you know, think about rankings and things like that. And as you are just saying, well, like, and- is it worth the wait of, of discussing a, a season like this versus prior to you know them playing this season?
1: Yeah, and I mean, like for me, I guess you know, like I've always been of the opinion that Kim is one of the best. It was probably the best player of all time, and I think my feeling is there that you know, like you could put Kim into a simulation, you know, and play, you know, a hundred times a survivor, and she'd probably win, you know, like sixty of them, and she'd probably make the final five, you know, the other kind of thirty-five times, and there'd be, you know, five or six times where she might get voted out pre-merge, um, and you know, but this could be one of those five or six. You know, like it, it, it could happen, um, but I, you know, I would really hate to be in a situation where I've got to try and argue that Kim's a phenomenal player, and somebody goes, "Yeah, but she was voted out fourth in some ridiculous All Star season." You know, like to me, that's just it's crazy because you know, ultimately, you know, some people just things shit just happens sometimes, and you yeah. know, like good players just end up in a bad situation, and you know, like I mean, do we hold it against Tina that you know she was the first voted out in All Stars when you know the context? You know, you've got to think about the context around that season is that everybody agreed oh well the winners are going to be targeted first so you know like I I think we think too much sometimes about this is a show about stories and about you know it it should be about characters and stories and 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 that kind of thing and and it has become a bit of a a, a, almost like a sporting contest now that we we think about the stats way more than we think about the story and actually I think you know without sounding too much like you know it is about you know who's got the best story and and that kind of stuff and that's what That's what's kept me watching for 38 seasons. But as we start to move into where it's all about the stats, that's probably what's going to start turning me off
0: now, I want to get into some of these listening questions that we haven't covered in the last couple of weeks in just a moment. But, of course, I, I've got to bring up Survivor New Zealand just because, you know, we're here. You're a Kiwi. I'm living in New Zealand. doesn't really count for much. But, um, obviously, it, it doesn't seem like this show's coming back. I, I don't know if it's on a break or if it's, it's been cancelled. sort of There hasn't really been an announcement as far as I know. But, um, do you, do you, first of all, were you surprised that it came back for a second season? And on the current status, do you think it will ever return?
1: Um... It's an interesting question. I mean, I um I mean because we we covered season 1 and um you know it, it had its fun moments in terms of it being a bit of a novelty of the, the first time it'd been done in New Zealand but it, it wasn't a great product in terms of the entertainment value but in terms of the I guess the quality of the show it looked amazing like it really looked you know like a like survivor like it didn't look like it was cut price or anything like that and um you know upfront i haven't actually watched the second season just because i just i purely didn't have the interest and um i i believe that it was a better season i like the i i do like the fact that they went somewhere unexpected they went to thailand and and they didn't go to season 5 thailand they went to a different part altogether um which just goes to my point that you know like location is still really important um you know so they they did take a bit of a risk there and i think they went to a much more traditional you know one sh- one episode a week, one person gets voted out you know, narrative um, because I guess one of my problems with season one was that it was a bit like the Australian one where you're getting multiple episodes a week and, you know, like it was 40-something episodes and there was just a lot of TV without people getting voted out and to me, I think survival works best when it's one person getting voted out at the end of each episode. Um, so will it will it ever come back? I mean, you just never know. I I, I still find it quite weird how... You know, New Zealand Survivor was on one because New Zealand's got two television networks basically, so New Zealand Survivor was on one of them and American Survivor was on the other one and I I, I just found that very strange, I, I didn't really understand what the licensing deal was, I don't understand what the motivation was to do a New Zealand version of Survivor it's still, it's lost on me why they did it in the first place um, I'm glad they did and they did a good job of it but I'm, I'm not sure what market that they were looking for, you know like 18 years into Survivor been produced in america that now new zealand decides is a good time to jump on this fad you know that seems like a really odd decision to me so i mean you just never know you know like it, it might come back and you know if it was cheap enough and and they got enough eyeballs on the screen then you never know what might what might happen but it certainly doesn't seem like anything's kind of in the in in the process at the moment
0: it's interesting uh, on twitter there's a account i follow he's like I don't know if it's he or she. I shouldn't just automatically assume it's male. But uh, there's an account where basically they're a huge Matt fan and kind of just, it's just a ridiculous amount of tweets every day they tweet about how amazing uh, Matt Chisholm is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually, because like, Matt plays along with it. Like Matt's always liking it and retweeting it and all this sort of stuff. So, and like I had a couple of people, and it might have been reflecting some of these listener questions we haven't gotten to, sort of mentioned to, to me, like Ben, watch Survivor New Zealand the second season was great. So, um. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking forward to watching it. Just again, as I've said plenty of times, it's the one that I've remained unspoiled on. So, um, right.
1: Yeah, it's. Well, it's, I, I mean, it what I will say yeah, I mean, I haven't watched Season 2. and um, But what I will say is that I'm really thankful that they did it because, you know, I got to go to a Survivor finale. And I know it was a, the New Zealand one, so it's, you know, nothing like the American one. But, you know, I can say I've been to one, and, and that was yeah. a fun experience. And, and you, you went know, to like, the I premiere thing to, too, didn't you? Like yeah, I got to, go to the premiere party and, and meet Matt. And, and that was really cool. You know, like, I'm I'm not really somebody that loves to kind of track down Survivor players and get a photo with them. It's, it's just not an interest of mine. Um, but it was cool to meet Matt, and it was cool to be in that room and watch people – see an, a live episode of Survivor because when you kind of live all the way out here there's not a lot of people who kind of I know day to day that watch the show and that I can sit down with every week and, and watch Survivor in real time and watch people's reactions so getting to see that was was cool um, so you know like whatever happens I'm really glad I had that experience and you know it was it was cool so yeah I mean at some point I probably should go and watch the second season um, but yeah a little bit it, it, you may have been able to tell from this, this discussion I'm a little bit burnt out on Survivor so I'm not in a huge <laughs> You'd rush to to go and do that anytime soon, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's always there, I guess, when I when I do feel the urge to go and, and catch up on that.
0: Indeed. Now, uh, you're going to skim through these listening questions again. We had a lot of these sent in over the course of weeks, and thanks to everyone who has sent these in. Really, it, it's great to see that that interest is still out there from our from our listeners on, on Survivor. Obviously, we realise that's where we started. The majority of people that follow our show still are there from the Survivor Oz days. It's reflected in our listenership stats and out there, sort of the interaction we get. Um So we appreciate sort of all the the fans and the people who listen to our show who kind of stuck around. So I'm going to skim through a lot of these just because I, I feel some of these uh, have been answered over the last couple of weeks. Also, uh, there are a couple here that I think are mainly directed at me, so I might kind of just save them and kind of record a little section at the end uh, as well just to kind of answer those ones just for, for myself, uh, for people who are asking things to me. But uh, yeah, it's well three like,
1: and a half inches for anyone that's interested.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I got an enlargement <laughs> recently, so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, Kenny, Kenny, Nick, the fact that you know that, people are going to ask more questions. Um, yeah, Kenny, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we do live on separate islands now, like we're a lot closer. <laughs> Closer than we used to be. Same country at all, but still a you know. Um, Kenny says, has Rick Devens placed himself as one of the most ent- entertaining players in the last five years? Well, I mean, that's not really not that hard, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Did you like um- Rick Devens?
1: I mean, it's really funny because, um, you know, I've listened to a few of of Rob's podcasts, you know, because I was quite interested to see what these players kind of thought of how the season ended. And, you know, so I've listened to Rick's interview there. And, like, I hadn't really realised because I wasn't really following social media or anything, but that Rick had gotten quite a hard time in terms of how much airtime he got. That, you know, like, there was a lot of kind of blowback on him about like why are you getting so much airtime like he's got anything to do with that which I find quite weird um I you know I think he's a he's a really interesting player um and you know like I I really you know I I like that he kind of came back and realized that he had to play you know put everything into it to try and win, you know, that he'd been given the second chance and he had to make the most of it. So, um, you know, I, I, I did really like him as a player. I mean, personally, if you were going to say, Hey, you know, gun to your head, you can have one player from the last five seasons come back on the show. Like for me, I probably want to see Christian. I really like Christian from, from season 37. Um, I'm, I can't be able to call him by their proper names anymore. So it's now <laughs> just season 37. Um, you know, like he was somebody that I just found really quite fascinating to watch. Um, um, but I also thought that there'd been some really good female characters over the last couple of seasons. That, like, I really want to see Chrissy play again, you know, and I know that she yes. was kind of a bit of a controversial player, but I think she was just like TV gold and, and you know, I really enjoyed kind of watching her play the game. So um, while I may not have loved the season, there were certainly some players that I did really like. And, you know, Devons would definitely be in that kind of top, top kind of um, layer of people I would I would be interested in seeing play again.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. For my, I I love Evans. I I was a real fan of his. Um, and yeah, in a season that again, overall not the most memorable season, I think he was a standout. But my God, does he not look like Jared the Subway guy? Did, did, did was that like <laughs> yeah, a does, trope yeah. the whole season? I'm probably yeah, yeah, no, joining does. that a little bit late, but it's like, <laughs> I'm
1: thinking, I think the other wow. thing too that he suffers a little bit from is that yeah, you know, like he was getting the winners edit, but he wasn't the winner. Um, and so you know, I think if he had that kind of you know that kind of tragic arc where he was the last person to go um you know kind of before you know the the finals like a you know like a Cathy or a, a Rob Sestanino, then we might love him a little bit more but I think kind of he got the winners edit treatment but then didn't win you know it's kind of like yeah. a weird a, a weird dynamic really
0: I did love his whole newscasting thing you know and in breaking news Rick Devons voted out of survivor like clever oh, you've got to do it Loved it. So good. Uh, Now, this is sort of something we kind of touched on. Cole asks, in the next era of Survivor... Sorry, is the next era of Survivor in danger if idols are just the norm, the shock value is gone, and the fact that players are awarded for idol uses and plays shows how just surviving tribals, having a good social game, and not having your name come up is worthless? I mean, we sort of touched on that, but I think we both agree that's a yes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I mean... I think probably one of the things that if I was going to say look you know if you make me Jeff props for the day and I get to make a few changes to the way that the show operates that um, would kind of make it better is that I'd immediately get rid of that fire making challenge at, at final four I think that that's just stupid but then I'd also immediately go back to a final two you know like I think those are the, the kind of things that, that kind of make the show more about the social dynamics because suddenly you can't start giving people a final four agreement you've got to go back to a final two agreement and suddenly you're then starting to have to lie to people to kind of get you know and and suddenly we kind of get back to what I think the game's really about which is that kind of social politics and social dynamics and um, you know I, I think all these extra twists and, and advantages and things like that they actually watered down the need for people to be good social players and, and you know I, it's kind of funny because you know like on that last podcast you guys had a bit of a discussion around you know is it about having a, a resume now more than being a good social player and I would actually argue that you still have to be a good social player I still think like that jury still want to vote for the person that they like the most or hate the least you know and so i think even with all that stuff if you know if you have all the advantages in the world but you're an asshole you're still not going to get the votes at the end and i think you know to a lesser degree you can kind of see that with both brad and monica culpepper who get to the end of the game you know winning all those challenges which you know like a few years ago, they probably would have just walked away with the win because of that. Um, but because they weren't the the best social player, they didn't win. So, you know, I I think that being a good social player is still really important. But it's less shown on on TV now. It's all about who can get the most advantages or win that fire making challenge. And you know, ultimately, I think that the, the stuff that actually wins you the game is just not really shown anymore. Um, that it's all about how you can you know navigate those advantages, which is a bit of a shame.
0: That that's a fantastic point because this this whole idea of a survivor resume since it's been brought up, it's really kind of just, I've never been a fan of this term, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, this is a game that usually rewards the social aspect of the game. I mean, you, you tick off the first 20 winners of this of this show, and you kind of, you analyse it, and the majority of what they've probably comes out on top with is, is that social aspect. Of course there are other elements of the game, but i mean it's it's the the classic debate of season nineteen with you know Russell versus Natalie, and it all comes down to the fact that at the end of the day Natalie wasn't an asshole, like Russell was an asshole, and Natalie mm. was liked by the jury she won and i'm not, again I'm not trying to say that's the only reason why Natalie won, but that's kind of the, the overarching factor as to what got her over the line and But now it does really seem doesn't it when it comes down to it it's oh i've got to add something to my survivor resume, you know like it's it's just something that I feel it just gets so important to these players from like day two or day three again, rather than forming these relationships, which again is exactly all the points you've made this episode. It kind of comes down to that, and it's just, yeah. it's just lost. Well,
1: yeah, and I guess probably what would be an interesting case study is you know could could Sandra play the game that has won her the million dollars twice again and win? Like if she goes out and does what she's done twice on season 40 and gets to the end as kind of like, you know, to use the terminology from this last season as a passenger instead of the pilot, you know, like if she gets to the end with, with Rob and Tyson, like, does she win the game? And like, I, I kind of think like in season 40, that's no, like, I actually think she probably wouldn't get the respect now that maybe she did then. So I, I still think that the, whoever is the most liked player of the last the the final three still wins the game, but what makes you a likable player has potentially changed a little bit. Um, and part of being likable is actually shown that you worked for that money, you know. And you know, just sitting there and being a good social player is maybe not enough anymore. But I still, yeah, I still struggle with that because I still think if you know two two assholes who pull out all the idols get to the finals with a nice person who maybe hasn't I still think that nice person has a good chance to win um but I <sighs> We haven't really seen that fully tested, I don't think.
0: And you see, you saw that in Edge of Extinction. And I mean, I guess the argument could be made a lot of that came down to the jury, doesn't it? Because, you know, some of those jury members, because it was basically everyone, uh, didn't play with Gavin and Julie. So, you know, they, they don't know their games, but therefore they've lived with Chris. So that's kind of their option. And it's kind of it's like you I, Pearl Islands and it's been a while since I've watched Pearl Islands but uh, you know it, it's obviously come up that hey you know um, Leal you came back into this game you were voted out whereas it didn't really seem to be a detriment to Chris did it like it was brought up but like again like surely that's got to be an aspect where you've got to look at that and go like hey hang on a minute you were voted out of this game for a reason yeah. so why should I give yeah. you a million dollars
1: well I guess probably the difference there is that you know like all the all the people on that jury well basically all the ones that voted for Chris anyway had been through the experience with him they had yeah, all been voted yeah. out and they all saw that you know you know, but for the grace of God goes me you know like I could have been Chris had I just won that challenge I could have got to the end and so you know for their experience to have merit and to have been worth that 35 days sitting on that island they had to reward the person who had been with, with them through that experience so I think it of extinction is just always going to be that season with an asterisk on it you know like it's just going to be the one that we've got all these winners but this one is just bizarre you know and again just kind of going back to that cast for season 30 for season 40 like that seems like a golden opportunity to bring Chris back so he can actually prove that he deserves to be called a winner like I think that's a really good (laughs) opportunity to bring that guy back and you know like yeah I think I guess probably I, I know I'm off on a tangent here but I think like it feels like we lost the opportunity to have a couple of those x-factor winners the ones that feel a little bit different from the rest like chris like fabio you know those ones that i've
0: been an advocate for natalie to come back to get rid of the russell shadow yeah
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, some of those players who, you know, they don't naturally fit the mold with all the other ones has been the strategic player or whatever. You know, like I think, I, you know, I think having somebody like that, and I think Chris would have absolutely died for that opportunity to come back and, and prove that, you know, like that win was not just a fluke. He actually was a good player. He deserved to win. And you know, like I think that that's just yeah, that would have been a really compelling story. And and um, yeah, I guess opportunity lost, or maybe he just didn't want to. You know, it was too soon after having you know just been through this experience and i think chris has got young kids so you know like you've got to consider that stuff as well
0: completely agree completely agree saxon now saxon adds a little bit here and kind of what you were talking about i think around the ponderosa videos with edge of extinction uh saxon says the more i hear about the post-game interviews from players from edge of extinction the more i am getting the impression that the edit around the twist was really garbage and we missed out on a lot of quality content Uh, than the EOE twist itself being bad. Is this twist simply a testament that it can't work in just 42 minutes? Now, if this was Australian Survivor, that'd have 90 Mm -hmm. minutes to tell the story. Now, I don't agree with that in a moment. Australian Survivor is way too long. Um, But, I mean, it's an interesting question all the same.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a really interesting question, and I think um, you, you, of course, like these guys must have. When Chris won this game, I just imagine these producers kind of looking to each other and being like, "What the fuck are we going to do?" You know, because like ultimately, if they spend lots of time. On redemption, uh, sorry, on edge of extinction, on the show, like that's going to tip the viewers off. That, hey, I think the person who comes back from here is probably the winner because why would they show so much content if that person, you know, like if there's not a reason for it? And I guess like that's the biggest problem that a lot of people have got with the season is that it actually wasn't worth watching because nothing that happened in the game mattered. You know, like yeah. basically you could watch the first three episodes until Chris gets voted off, or watch the merge episode and watch the finale, and you don't actually have to watch anything else. Like those are the only episodes that matter, and I. I guess if you reverse that, like if you had everything happening on um, edge of extinction, it would be like, well, you know, like obviously whatever's happening on on in the main game doesn't matter because the winner is going to be the one that comes back from this game. So they they're kind of in a no-win situation. But I have no sympathy for them because they came up with a garbage twist. So <laughs> it's their, it's their own fault. Um, yeah. But 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 yeah ultimately i think maybe there was an opportunity that they could have they could have played around with maybe having a you know like a a 20 minute or 30 minute you know online episode every week which kind of showed what was going on 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 edge of extinction i don't know but ultimately I just think it's a twist that doesn't work for this game, you know, like it's it, you, you know, and I you know, is it worth trying these things like I guess probably I would have been all okay with this if Jeff had kind of come out the day after the finale and gone, hey look, you know we, we have to try things to keep it fresh we've accepted that this actually didn't work and you know, it's not something that we'll be trying again, but you know, you only find these things out by trying and you know, there's a real there, there is really something to failure being a good teacher, you know, like you, you learn things by, by messing up, but it seems like, you know, at least in public, Jeff still thinks this was a really good idea and that's the bit that I'm really confused by.
0: You you wonder if all the all winter season is like a, a monumental cock up and a terrible season. You wonder if he's gonna come out and go, I told you so <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely possible. And yeah, and and you know, kind of um, going. You know, I mean, thirty nine's got a whole bunch of other problems as well. To me, like I think (laughs) we're
0: always avoiding talking about that season. The 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 giant statues have thrown us off. We don't give a shit.
1: (laughs) Oh, but I mean, as as I kind of spoke to you offline a little bit, is that I actually came up with an idea for a season called Idol. (laughs) where everybody actually gets given one immunity idol before the season, you know, as the season starts rather than, because I think actually, you know, like the, the advantage thing is one thing, like people don't like all the advantages, but actually I think what people don't like is a lot of the screen time being, being given over to people looking for these things. Like when we could be getting back to dynamics within the game. And so, you know, without plugging my own work too much, I, I still, like I went back and I read it and I still, I still think there's some value to doing Idol Island in the way I, I kind of came up with, but I think, oh, I think if you're going to bring back two former players to give people advice on how to play the game, Rob and Sandra would not be the two, and not because they're sure. not good players, but because because they're going to give you the same advice and they're going to give you, you know, the play-it-safe advice. Like, I would much rather have Sandra and Tony out there giving advice because they're going to give conflicting information, you know, it would make much better TV. Um, so, you know, I think it's the wrong two people to bring back, but that's a whole other story.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a great article. I I read that. You know, it's survivoros.wordpress.com. It still exists out there, people, if you kind of want to go over (laughs) some of these um, articles with it. The the one thing I'll say, and this this is, when I say a spoiler, it's a casting spoiler. So if you you don't want to know who's on the next season, by all means, skip ahead. I'm not going to give you a name or anything. I just, I read a list of like 10 of the people who have been leaked, I guess. The only thing that I'm excited for next season is that we have a Canadian and he just happens to be an ex-NHL player. So we're finally ticking off all the four major sports in North America. You know, we've had the NBA, we've had the MLB, we've had the NFL. So finally we get an NHL player, and of course he's got to be a Canadian. So, But again, I'm still holding out for the Canada versus USA season because that's... Sells itself to me But that's a whole other story Uh Lexi Um Sort of undirected to me But I thought I'd still bring this up anyway Because it's an interesting thing to talk about Says uh Rest in peace Ashley Mazzaro Ben did you ever interview her? No sadly I never Never Spoke with Ashley But uh Yeah very sad news That we had in the last month or so That um China's Ashley Mazzaro Did pass away And I think that now Sadly brings up our Survivor Uh Contestants who have passed away I think to five now So um Yeah, it's a bit of a shocking news because obviously Ashley was still very young, wasn't she? That's very sad.
1: Yeah. And it's quite ironic. I mean, um, John Oliver did a piece on this not yeah. that long ago, actually around, around wrestlers and, and how WWE treats its wrestlers. And, you know, I think that, yeah, just quite interesting that, that that's this has happened, um, while that's happening. And I, and I guess probably all the, the press about it has been about her WWE career. And obviously she was only a, you know, on the season for a couple of episodes. So wasn't a major character or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, still, still really sad. And, um, it shouldn't be happening to somebody that's not even 40 yet that's that's definitely not right so um yeah a a really sad moment and you know like it's uh i mean without without being horrible but you know like there are certain players that you you know like i i I expect every day to hear that they've died you know like because they're at that age um and um ashley's not one of them
0: yeah so i mean now we've what lost BB Jen, uh, Caleb, uh, Dan, Kay, and now Ashley. So, yeah, yeah obviously, uh, you know, thoughts out there to Ashley's family and, and, and friends and everything along those lines. Um, Hilda O'Connor, uh, do you ever think we'll see a blood versus water three?
1: I think there's a really – so I, I, I think one of the ideas I had was actually do – and whether you do it with, with returning players or not, um, but actually instead of having – blood versus water with you know two tribes is actually have it with three tribes so you know like you might have a, a tribe that one of the other tribes has got your loved one on it and one of them doesn't and so you know who wins the challenge and who loses the challenge just takes on a little bit more significance than it normally would um, I, I actually like both those seasons I think 29 is a, a, a far superior season to 27 and I know that's not a popular opinion um, but I, I I do still think they're both really really good I think like any season that's got redemption island on it is is not a good idea to me. And, and you know, I can see why you'd put it on twenty seven, but um, I, I don't think it's necessary. So I think it's an idea that's still got plenty of legs. Um, and, you know, like I think if we're maybe looking at a season that's going to have some of these returning players who aren't winners um, coming back probably sooner rather than later, then that might be a way of doing it. Um, I think there's some, you know, maybe some some gold to be mined there. And, yeah, I, I, of, of all those ones that we've seen a couple of iterations of, I, I think it's probably the one that we're most like. I, I think we're probably likely to see blood versus water three before we see fans versus favourites three, put it that way.
0: I agree, because I think for the most part, every time they do a second version of a season, it doesn't really turn out that well, does it? So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I would I would be all for a Blood vs. Water 3. I think kind of a lot of people, when it first started, were like, oh, God, that doesn't sound too good. But I think, yeah, we're pleasantly surprised. I'm completely on your side. I agree, Salman del Sur is, is a fast period season. I think we were very much a Salman del Sur advocate podcast when we covered it. So, by
1: all means, yeah. um, Eric
0: has sort of... And, and- uh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, you know, I guess probably this is the thing, right, is that, you know, Survivor's had a lot of these ideas over the years where we've kind of written them off, you know, from the beginning and gone, oh, God, that sounds sounds like like absolute garbage and then it ends up being quite good Um, and you know like and so we've had to kind of we've kind of had to like eat our words a little bit and um, I guess this is why Survivor feels like it may be playing with house money a little bit is that you know it actually can't get anything wrong because you know every time the fans think something's a bad idea it turns out to be good Um, but I think probably they have um, you know overplayed their hand a little bit with season 36 and 38 especially that these are ideas that you know maybe they thought sounded good but were actually pretty rubbish, and um, you know they're probably still coasting on these ideas that they thought were, were good, and and actually, you know everybody else thought they were rubbish, and they were actually quite good. And yeah, I think they've run out of steam on some of them a little bit.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I when I was in the when I went to the finale for Game Changers, and they had the uh, the whole heroes versus healers versus hustlers idea, I was one of many who laughed out audibly when they mentioned that name. Like there were many fans who were like, "What the fuck." Like it was kind of like, whoa, okay, how how bad can these names keep coming? So, um, yeah, whole other kettle of fish. Uh, sort of a follow up question here from Erica: What what do you think about a season made up entirely of relatives of previous players?
1: I mean, it's as good as any idea, isn't it? I mean, it's um, I, and I think there's probably some interest there that you could, if we're going to start bringing back these players who can't be voted out, that kind of sit on the sidelines, and um, then you could potentially do that, right? You could actually have, you know, one of Rob's kids, and and Rob sits on an island giving them advice, and you know, I think there is there is potentially some value um in doing that. Um, I think we've already obviously tried that. At least once with Brandon Hans, to you know, you, you, results may vary depending on on how much you <laughs> like that season or not. But um, you know, I actually think that was that was quite a good idea the first time around. I think in South Pacific it actually worked quite well. I think um, when he came back for Caramoan that was quite clearly a bad idea, and Survivor should never have let that guy back on on the show for a lot of reasons but for his own health more than anything else and so I think we've just got to be a little bit careful about how we do things like that but I think you get the right people it could it could definitely work and you know the likes of Sierra Eastland's a good example of you know like a player who you know has actually probably stepped forward and and, you know many would consider her to be a better player than than her mum who was the original player so there's definitely some some good ideas there I think.
0: I, I would be down for it. I think that'd be a clever idea. Um, Ray says, do you think the Survivor Legend season is being saved for season 50? I mean, it's actually really crazy to think that... Um, what was that
1: guy's name? Racist.
0: Ray, yeah, racist ray just ray without the cyst i believe that's right, his last sorry. name his full his <laughs> name's Ray racist but he prefers to just be called ray uh mr cyst to you um <laughs> but i mean it's actually really interesting to think that you know as much as we're obviously talking about season 40 being a big deal 20 years of survivor i mean come to think of it 50 50th season's only five years away so who knows <laughs>
1: Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, yeah, I can't say I'm excited about that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I mean, I guess probably my big problem with season 40 is that, like, it does feel like we we as fans have just been given, you know, microwave dog shit over and over again. It's like, you know, like, some of these things were great the first time, and they were okay the second time. But, like, we, we're going to see somebody who is actually playing their sixth season. You know, like, this will be the sixth time around for... For Rob and the fifth for Sandra and like, like and I just don't take need a couple
0: of numbers off that. It's fifth for Rob, but
1: you know, well, well you know, like I get, but I guess thirty nine. I'm counting as a full season because in oh, terms okay. of you know, although like, although they, although they can't cool. win it, cool. um, you know, they they're, they're going to be there for the entire season. So you know, like basically, they're going to be in our face and on our screens for that entire season. And you know, like I, I just think like we we just don't need this. You know, we don't. I I actually just don't need to see. I guess like it's like anything else. It's like all star seasons are great if they're not all the time, you know. Like I think like one of the great things about Heroes vs Villains is that you know it had been twelve seasons since we'd seen a full all star season, and so we were actually quite ready to see some of these players play again because it had been a while since we had seen them, and it was interesting to think about how these great players might interact with each other. But ultimately, you know, I think. Like it's it's not been that long. It's been six seasons since we saw the last one, and that was only three seasons after the last one before that. And you know, like I I just don't need to see players over and over again. And you know, like whatever you think of season thirty, it was quite a gutsy call to not just make that an all star season. You know, like to actually go well. No, it's just another season, and we've got other plans for season thirty-one that we're actually kind of going to satiate that need to see new players come back. So, yeah, I I, I don't need to see a legend season. I mean, I, I think this is more or less the it, isn't it? I mean, who who are we missing that we as legends that we need to see back again? I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's You're nobody. The that well, yeah, obviously, It goes without saying, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the guy hey, I just. Mean,
0: it's a great point you make and i think kind of i think we're on good track there because like you know we i guess the 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 seasons the 20s were kind of i guess you know ruled by returning players weren't there and like you know we were on a good track all of a sudden then post um game changes where it really looked like we were kind of going to have this stretch that we hadn't had basically since you know what the first six seasons or seven seasons where we hadn't had i think more than three four seasons in a row without a returning player season but then they brought back returning players for edge of extinction and then kind of it broke that so i mean had they not done that and then had island the idols not had stupid buff heads of people out there you know we we could have had this very long stretch where you know what's that six five seasons in a row without returning players and maybe yeah like that would make you anticipate season uh 40 a little bit more
1: Well, I think that's the thing. It should be special. And I mean, even if you wanted to say, oh, well, okay, well, let's just kind of say that, you know, every 10th season is going to be our all-star season, you know, like, so, you know, like, obviously eight's a little bit different, but let's go, okay, so 20, 30, 40, they're going to be our all-star seasons. And so, you know, we're going to hold off on bringing those returning players back, you know, like, I think that that's not a bad idea, you know, and and then you can kind of build up to it. I think, you know, 34 was just so unnecessary and, you know, we just didn't need that. Nobody was screaming out for an all-star season at that point and i'm still confused as to why we got it um especially when i think everything about cambodia was was so cool you know like that whole voting thing and you know bringing players back and, and you know like basically you know we as fans got to vote them back onto the season and then we watched them get on a bus and head off to play you know like, to me that was such a cool idea and you know and on top of that, it was all these, you know, one-time players who didn't win, who were going to get to come back and play, and, and like there were just there were so many elements of that that worked for me. And then, like, literally eighteen months later, we're shitting all over that idea by just bringing some of these players back again for a third or fourth time. Like, I just I just don't understand it as much as I love Sari. I just I didn't understand why we needed to see her again, and like it, it, it just kind of it just takes away from the 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 kind of specialness, I guess, of these All Star seasons. It's, and I guess this is one of those funny things about season thirty nine it's like, what's the advice that Rob and Sandra are going to give them? It's like, well, you know, go out and do this because it doesn't matter because, you know, our experience is that you just get asked back, you know, know, for another season (laughs) and a couple of years time anyway. And then you can have another go, you know, like it's just the whole thing is like it should be special. And, you know, it it just doesn't feel that way at the moment. It just feels like, well, we're just going to keep doing these all star seasons. And to me, that's not that's not fun.
0: They were on track too. Like, I think kind of where they went wrong is season 16. And I'm not to take away from, you know, how good season 16 was, but, you know, keep that cycle of every eight years. And, you know, obviously that was what it was, the intention was meant to be. And keep that cycle where it's kind of you're only bringing back players from the previous seven seasons and then giving everyone a shot. Um, and kind of you know, then yeah, having your anniversary seasons, maybe you know instead of twenty four being uh, you know your all stars, push it to twenty five as like your twenty fifth celebration, and then you know you you alternate like. You know 25 to, to 30 then 30 to 40 yeah exactly what you're saying i think kind of it should be special because you know i i mean look i don't pay enough attention to the amazing race to really know what they've done with the returning players and all that sort of stuff but to me the amazing race always seems to have this every season now so um <laughs> yeah i which I mean, is I, funny
1: because i would i i would i would use amazing race as a really good example of um a show that has more or less stuck to its formula with a few minor tweaks to make it interesting true. so you know like it's it's if you're a fan of the amazing race like you can pick up and you haven't watched it for a couple of years you can pick it up and you won't be lost with all these new advantages and things like that so yeah the the casting is a bit more stunty i guess on amazing race but i think the actual I, i guess the integrity of the game structure is still much much better than survivor like you know i think survivor is just it's a completely different show now like the rules and everything are just so different from what they were in season one whereas i don't really feel that's the case with amazing race
0: some of these ones I'm just going to skip through just because, uh, again, we've talked a lot about these over the last couple of weeks, particularly with sort of the subtle questions about the all-winner seasons. Um, but just a few other ones here, which I think are kind of interesting ones to touch on. Uh, Kathy says, hearing talk from another listener on first boot season, this is from a couple of weeks ago, I'd suggest a first one out, opening the door for players, voted out second and third. So not a first boot season, but just first voted out from a tribe. Oz Network, who are your picks? You can make up a cast... Uh, we're not going to sit here and do that. But, I mean, I mean, look, I, 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 I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I would be an advocate for a first boot season. I think that would be an incredibly entertaining season. <laughs> I don't think it was ever going to happen. But, yeah, like, if you were going to do something like that, they're going to come up with some form of gimmick and, you know, yeah, open it up to maybe first pe- people who have been voted off in, like, the first four slots. Don't include, you know, Tina's and Johnny Fair plays and, you know, returning players. Keep it purely to our, you know, one-time players who have been voted out first. Maybe Francesca might be the exception there just because she's been voted out first twice. But, yeah, I mean, what's your kind of take on, like, a one of these types of seasons?
1: Well, I think probably two or three years ago I would have completely poo-pooed this idea and said it was, <laughs> you know, it was stupid and, we you know, like, why on earth would you want to see Wendy Joe back on Survivor? But, you know, I think that... Um, it's certainly no more stupid than bringing somebody back for a fifth or sixth time to play Survivor. Like, it, you know, like it, it, it has a freshness element to it that that these all-star seasons currently don't have. So I actually am probably a lot more open to it than I was. And what's quite interesting is that you <laughs> technically you could have people like RC on that season. You know, she made the merge, but, you know, the, her tribe never went to tribal council before the merge. So, you know, she played 21 days, but she gets to be on her first one out type of season. So I, I yeah. think you actually have some, you, you have some quite interesting characters casting options there um, and, and yeah so I think you kind of look back on some of those players and you kind of think why on earth did they get voted out and look and I think seasons like um, I think are like Worlds Apart where I think some of those real gold you know characters that they were expecting to be you know good TV all went quite early you know like you kind of Vince Sly is your, your obvious example of that um, but also um, uh, oh, the, the first one voted out of the White Collar Tribe I've forgotten her name all of a sudden um, um, but you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Kim or something? So Kim? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So cute, yeah, yeah, I think like somebody, somebody who they probably expected to be this kind of like Jezebel type character, and it just didn't really work out. And you know, I think that you know there is some episodes, some seasons like that where you think, I oh, actually, like those kind of great characters that they had probably intended to to be the kind of next coach or whatever, um, kind of got just happened to get voted out earlier than they anticipated, and so they lost that great character. So. I think that there is some real some meat on that bone that would actually make for quite an interesting season. I mean, we've got to have Sandy back from Token Chains, right? She get as oh, long as she yes. gets to, to come back, then then uh, yeah, I'm all for it.
0: And again, as always, hashtag Bring Back Billy. Just have to promote it out there because why not? <laughs> um, now, just a couple more here. This uh, interesting one, which I did just have and I lost. Where is it? here we go. Uh the person's name's Latifa. Uh, cool uh, I wonder if she's a queen uh, I had a question <laughs> I wanted to put your way guys I find it interesting That the male to female ratio For winners got lopsided Around the exact time The hidden immunity idols introduced Seven of the past nine winners Have been male Before that point It was roughly even 1612 split well if you were doing that by the hidden immunity idol you've got to go back to guatemala then and i'd like to see the stats for that but i mean it seemed to be a big discussion point didn't in the last few seasons that a lot of the the female contestants were saying like oh women never find hidden immunity idols which i guess is true to an extent but i i also feel it's a it's I don't think that's really a gender-based issue, is it, immunity idols? I mean, it's does that say that men look for them more than women? I, I don't know. Is there a divide there? I, I, I really don't know how to answer that question because I think kind of it was brought up a couple of weeks ago. And while it's interesting, I think I have to agree with, I think, what Colin raised, where it's kind of Survivor's not really maybe a game where you can kind of bring gender into the equation of the winner split because each season is unique in its own way. And any season on any given day, any player can pretty much win it.
1: Yeah, I think it's a correlation versus causation thing more than anything else. That um, it just happens to be that you know, immunity idols have come along and and men tend to win the game. Look, I do think there is certainly something too. Like I, I, I often think about that thing about. That old saying that you know when a when a guy sleeps around he's a player, but a girl sleeps around she's a she's a slut, you know. And I think there is some truth to that in terms of survivor. That I think it's easier for a guy to be a manipulative Brian Heidek type player and get away with just being this good old boy who's who's you know just just having some fun out there. And but I think if a woman does that, she's seen as as manipulative and and you know like this Jezebel type character. I think that that's definitely something. And I think you know like older men fathers can kind of get away with playing a minute. Game, but you know, I always go back to the way Dawn was kind of treated on on Karamoan, and I think that you know that just just to me, I that just felt like if she was a man, then the way she played that game would be okay. And so I definitely think there is like I don't want to go down a sexism road because I just like I just don't I just don't really have enough knowledge to to really start making those kind of claims. I just don't know enough, and you know I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm saying something without good knowledge to back it up. But I do think there is something to the fact that that men are given a bit more leeway to play the game in a, a, a in a bit more of a freer way than potentially women are but I think you're totally right that e- each season is its own beast and sometimes women are rewarded for playing the game I mean you just got to look at a season like one world or Micronesia where you know women are, are, are playing the game in, in you know whatever way they want to and being successful and but we certainly have gotten to a cycle where men seem to be seem to be dominating the game um, especially towards the end look I certainly think that there is something to this fight fire making challenge which which kind of does doesn't help because that tends to be something that you know survivor still does have this kind of bit of a gender imbalance that the man is the one that makes the fire and that kind of thing and you know like i i think that ultimately that that men tend to be more successful in that fire making challenge i think when it's been a man versus a woman i think is as the only one that's that's actually one in a situation like that i don't know um oh, yeah but, good question but, but yeah, I mean, um, I guess my long rambling point is that, you know, I, th- I think there are some structural things with Survivor that, that kind of lean it more towards men. But I certainly don't think that that means that women can't win the game. But I do think that it, it maybe is a little bit harder for them to win at the moment.
0: Well, statistically speaking, if you're a stats person out there listening, uh, you know a woman should win Island of the Idols because we've never had a gender win, fi- same gender win five seasons in a row. So um, if a man wins, that's going to break that trend, and we'll have five winners in a row. Um, now, just a couple here in terms of uh, our beloved kiss, slap, hug, or run away game. Now, one of these directed is towards Survivor New Zealand players, and the only one I remember of this is Barb. Uh, I'm sorry, what?
1: Oh, Barb. i have forgotten about Barb.
0: Do you remember Barb, JT, Dylan, Nate, Eve, D, and Hannah? you
1: remember any of those? No. I, I, <laughs> oh, D. D was the first one voted off the first season, wasn't she? And she was the one oh, that was, was like a massive super fan. Yeah, she was a massive super oh, fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep, yep. No, mm, I remember her. Mm. Yep. Um. Yeah. Sorry, Sasha. I, I don't think we can play that. But however, we can play. It was directed at me, but I'm not going to discriminate. Um. She's also sent ones in for US ones, but again, we'll both play this one. So I'll close this out. So, so me. what are
1: the what are the rules of this game? K- You're just going to K- have to remind it's, me.
0: It's kind of like uh, basically, it's it's not like you know, ding, marry, kill, where you've got three, you've got to give away three. I've got a list here of players, and your option for each of them is you can either kiss them, slap them, hug them, or run away. And but you can. Use kiss as many times as you want. You can use hug as right, like, you okay, don't okay. have you don't have one, okay. you know what I mean. So okay. So right, kiss, okay. slap, hug, run away, uh, Mike. I'm assuming that's Mike Holloway, I guess.
1: Oh, you you want to hug Mike, wouldn't you? I mean he's a huggable type of guy. Yeah. Give him a give him a hug. Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. Uh again there's, there's no initials here, so I'm just gonna go on the assumption that Tina is Tina Wesson, but it could be Timber Tina. Well, fuck it. I, I love you Tina Wesson, but you get all the credit here. Let's go for the real Tina here. Timbertina Tina Shear. Kiss, slap, hug,
1: or run away. Um, uh, oh, I'll slap Tina just for the fun of it.
0: <laughs> I would hug her. I love Tina. Uh, Sandra. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think our, our listeners of our, our listeners probably don't appreciate my my perception of of Sandra. So I'm just going to say run away and and say no more about that.
0: I mean, I've hugged Sandra before, so does that count? Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, you've already done it, yeah.
0: um, Todd. I I, I would kiss Todd. Why not? Give it a
1: crack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's got quite a kissable face, doesn't he? He does.
0: Like, he actually, like, he really does. So, no, I'm going to kiss Todd. Um, Amber, I would probably kiss and run away because Boston Robber would be after me. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. yep. Uh, ben, I'm guessing the winner of Survivor, not me. Um, <laughs> I love that there's a winner um, of Survivor called Ben. And Nick now, too. Look at this, Nick. We're yeah, both one is. Survivor. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think Ben's another quite huggable type of figure, isn't he? Like, he's that. Yeah. A, 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 he's a bit like a Mike, isn't he? Like, just, yeah, you want to give him a, a hug.
0: Yeah. Big old teddy bear. That's the Ben name. Uh, Vesepia. I, I'd hug Vesepia.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Rob, yeah, uh, absolutely Rob. Yep. Richard, oh, I'd give him a big kiss. <laughs> I, I think I would give Richard a hug.
0: Yep. Okay. Uh Yule. Um yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I'd probably hug him again. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, a huge yeah, I, Yule
0: fan, but I don't dislike Yule, so
1: yeah. I might just I might just slap him on those picks in jealousy.
0: <laughs> uh Denise, oh hug the hell out of Denise.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And she's ten. one of my favorites. I mean, I, I, I know that it was kind of like, you know, like I want to see her back, but she is like anytime, like, because you've done interviews with her, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is just like the easiest person in the world to listen to. Like she just is, you can see why she's a therapist. Like you just, all you want to do is just listen to her talk all day. Like she's just like, is such an interesting person to listen to. Um, So I'd hug her and then just like sit down and listen to her talk all day.
0: And the one thing I always appreciate with Denise is that, like, she's somebody every season we would reach out to to get on the show and – you know Denise, like going on what you're talking about, like just such an easy person to communicate with because you know, a lot of the time she was unavailable or just you know couldn't commit. And but like it wasn't just a case of hey, so not not interested, can't do it. Like she would full on have a conversation with you and explain, and you just have a chat with her. You are know, easy mm. to deal with. Love, love Denise, such a great person. Yeah. Um, and Kim again, always going on the subtle brag. I got kissed on the cheek by Kim Spradlin, so oh. you know um but i mean this could be kim powers it could be kim johnson um, again don't discriminate against the kims
1: we've had more than one uh, yeah I, I i think that's the thing i'm most jealous of you about um yeah i like yeah i mean kim and kim's one of those ones is like you know because you, you saw her on tv for you know 39 days or whatever and you know like nobody's gonna look their best on day 39 but like Kim's like seriously gorgeous, you know, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's. I think it's probably a little bit underreported, um, you know, because I think probably when they went to bikini shots on that season, they probably went to Chelsea most of the time, you know. So, yeah, a little bit underrated how, how hot Kim is.
0: I think uh, my one world love was very much solidified that night where in the same night I got a kiss on the cheek from Monica,
1: Kim, Kat,
0: and Chelsea. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's serious. I, I, I just realized what a pervert I sound like, but I guess this was the whole point of the game, right? It's the
0: Oz Network. We used to be Survivor Oz, yeah. wasn't that? You know, we yeah. were racist and pervs. Like, come on. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> got to stick to what you're good at, eh? You
0: know, yeah. It's safe to say that when it comes to these Flashback Friday episodes, we're going to be uh, selective in the episodes we air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh doesn't doesn't bode well too much in 2019 i don't think um thanks sasha right. thanks to everyone else As said i'll i'll sort of come in and answer some of these ones directed to me very shortly but nick this is a lot of fun um really great perspective you've brought in this episode i think um very much a a different perspective from a lot of other stuff we've talked about in the last couple of weeks and you know between now and and season 40 obviously the season 39 we'll have plenty of content to deliver and uh really hope that we can uh, get you back on again and, uh, you know, well, I mean it's not getting you back on again, you're part of the show <laughs> you're one of us, so um, yeah, yeah. fuck it, just come well, on the I, show, I guess, whatever you want
1: <laughs> Yeah, well I, I guess probably just a couple of public service announcements is that like I, I do I do hope everybody doesn't um, isn't too depressed after listening to me talk, it, it has been a little bit of therapy for me and I think probably there's a few people out there like me who are a little bit frustrated and not all, all of you uh, do have a podcast, you can come on and rant so hopefully I'm speaking for some people who are just a little bit angry, and I'm I'm hoping that you know in the next year or so that these two seasons can deliver more than maybe we were expecting. So I'm I'm really hoping that that people uh, don't think too badly of me for having a rant. But um, thanks for bearing with me. But I'd also say like as you're saying like most of our listeners are here for survivor content. But you know like if you if you are a fan of Nip Tuck and you haven't checked out our podcasts, and I really recommend you do because they they were a lot of fun to record. And you know there's a hundred and what hundred and six of them, hundred and seven by the time we did the the, the season. And recaps as well and you know there's a lot of content there and and uh, we had a, a whole lot of fun doing them and i think if you've ever watched the show and enjoyed it you you probably enjoy listening to them as well
0: it's actually really ridiculous to think thinking that um you know at the time of this airing we've obviously completed nip tuck obviously our third watch episodes are still going to air but we've finished recording them we're just kind of doing interviews still at the moment but um yeah that you know i'm still doing recording along with noah and I know it was a blast to record Lost with, but it's just, you and I, like, we were the first of the three that we've covered to, to finish it. And it seems so long ago now. <laughs> like, mm. you know, it's, it's, we've aired it, we've completed it, it's all done and dusted. But, um, God, we, we ploughed through it well and we did a good job and it was enjoyable.
1: Yeah. And I think probably, you know, like, it, it is one of those things about Survivor, it feels like it's never, ever going to end. And, you know, like, I, I guess what made things like Nip special is that they did end, you know, like there wasn't there wasn't end goal in sight and you know like I think probably at some point this, this show Survivor is going to end and we'll probably look back on seasons like this and go actually they weren't that bad and and we had a lot of fun you know, kind of talking them through um, but you know, like I, I guess in the moment it's kind of like you, you can get a little bit frustrated but you know, there's there's always fun stuff to talk about along the way and uh, you know, Nip Tuck you know, not every one of those hundred episodes was great to, to talk about Sal Perry comes to <laughs> mind um, and you know, like <laughs> I reckon that like they should just trigger me by just having a a, a character a contestant on Survivor called Sal Perry, and I would just <laughs> go off the deep end. Um Listen to our Nip Tuck co- um, podcast if you want more detail on that joke. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it was a hell of a lot of fun, and yeah, definitely recommend you you have a listen if you haven't and and you've got any any passing interest in that show.
0: Well, we might hear you again soon, whether it be Survivor or any of the other episodes, and who knows, we might get that Breaking Bad one off the ground. But, Nick, always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. thanks, for, thanks for being here again.
1: Yes, thanks for indulging me, and uh, look forward to coming back and talking about this all sometime in the future.
0: And a big thanks to Nick for joining us. I don't really feel the need to have to come in here and thank him. He's not a guest again. As I said just then, he's a co-host and an equal part of this show as I am or as Colin as anyone is. So feels odd, but I did want to take this opportunity just to come in to close this out just with a couple of these uh, questions. I guess it were mainly directed at me because, you know, Nick is a very important man. Nick's got a life. Don't want Nick to sit there and twiddle his thumbs while I'm here answering questions that have been directed to me. And um, obviously... If you're tuning into here, Nick, you can just skip this part now. You don't care about me. So you've listened to the episode. Thanks for listening to some, uh, uh, The Oz Network. I can't even remember what the damn show is called anymore. The Oz Network. Uh, so I'll just skim through some of these ones quickly. And I, again, as I said, when we ask these questions with Nick, I, I really do appreciate everyone sending these in because, you know, it's it's great. Still, that we have these, you know, great loyal listeners who have stuck with us through everything, through all the changes and all this sort of stuff. And realize it's been quite some time since we've uh, covered Survivor significantly. Uh, remember, we have covered Survivor. Rossi, Billy, Colin, uh, the whole gang have, have put together some great episodes over the years. But uh, we're talking full-time, really, sort of stuff. As so We're trying to lead into a little bit more coverage. Anyway, shut up, Ben. Answer the questions. Prudence says, I'm very happy to see you have come out of retirement Ben, I don't know if I would have called it retirement. Uh, More of a sabbatical, but uh, thank you, Prudence. Uh, Many thought you left Survivor forever. I'm glad that isn't the case. I'm happy that you can tick Amber and Yule off as people you have spoken to if you get exit interviews for Season 40. Definitely the plan, Prudence. We we will, you know, aiming to get those again. Obviously, we were lucky enough to have them, uh, for Season 35 for Heroes Healers vs. Hustlers and also for Australian Survivor Season 4 as well. Um, and to be completely honest with you, I mean, we've talked about over the years in Survivor. I was, exit interviews were never something we really aimed for because we were more about the long-form interviews rather than the short-form interviews. We kind of took that a slightly different angle when it came to eventually getting exit interviews for someone, Del Sur, which we were very much grateful for. And, you know, through failed negotiations, I guess you could say between us and Channel 9 and CBS kind of they fell apart we kind of gave up on them again and sort of didn't really see the need for them but then the opportunity came about again for for season 35 we took it on board it was great and then clearly, you know, around that sort of time, life changed and sort of we, we weren't in a position to continue on with them. So we we are hopeful that we can get them back. Our aim is to try and get them back as soon as Season 39, of course, to kind of lead back through to Season 40. But um, absolutely, uh, you know, I mentioned talking about doing Survivor full-time again. And while it will never be to the lengths of that Survivor Oz was, I I guess I mean the fact that, you know, we aim to bring you a weekly recap every week. Uh And if that also then includes an exit interview as well, then by all means that will be it so and and a lot of that drive prudence absolutely is to is to speak to people like Amber and your you know winners who who I've personally never spoken to and, and this show has never had on before you know it's so um. Absolutely. That is a goal. And uh, appreciate your kind words there, Prudence. Thank you very much. Paul Dutch, uh, thanks, Paul, says, Good to have you back on the podcast, Ben. I should really say thanks for that part of it, not just for saying your name. Will you consider bringing back proper interviews for the all winter season, like the Survivor Day, Oz days, and interview players when the season ends? It's a great question. I'm not opposed to it. Um, I mean, obviously, I guess since we ended Survivor Oz around. Co wrong, um, you know, I, I we we I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head what number, I think we were up to about 280, 290, and you know, there's been a good what more than 100 players come since, so there's clearly a lot of people we can go after in, in an interview, but it, it does also all come down to going back to what I was just saying that we're not going to go back to full time survivor, to what we were, you know, um at the end of the day, to use the old excuse about time, it really does can come down to time. Um, you know, Survivor Oz, personally, I had a lot more free time on my hands where I could dedicate a lot more time to the show. And we had a lot of helpers Who could also do exactly the same thing But life happens uh, You know, I'm living in another country now I, I have a full-time job uh, I have a fiancé now A different one to the one from Survivor <laughs> Whole life changes Days of our lives um, And it, it, it's very difficult to be able To kind of commit to sort of things And I'm, I've am i always said When it comes to talking about these things That I, I'm, I'm always a person Who likes to commit to things I like to, to put what I can into something and not just half-heartedly give you a 20-minute interview with someone because that's all the time I've got that day. I would rather have the opportunity to have a a one, two-hour interview to really be able to go into depth with these players, you know, and bring you some of the, you know, types of interviews that we had in the past. So I'm really answering this in a long form, of course, Paul, but I, I would say I'm not opposed to the idea. I mean, we obviously had the one, uh, with Ryan from Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers not long after that one. And that, that obviously really came about after Ryan personally requested that he wanted to come on the show. So it's, it's not something that we're ever opposed to. I think kind of a, an all-winner season is going to definitely be a, a very different kettle of fish when it comes to these players. You know, obviously there's you know a large portion of that season we've had full interviews with these players before a large portion of those players who have formed good relationships with our show and who would no doubt willingly come back on the show again to talk about it uh so absolutely we would look into that so um it's a maybe it's a watch this space i might say paul i'm i'm <laughs> this is why i did this separately at the end because i like to long wind answer simple questions i could have just simply said maybe uh-huh, miranda Asks me the question, Ben. What is your take on Queen Reem, who has a huge following, and is no doubt the best first boot of all time? I think we discussed this two weeks ago from memory, Miranda, when we had uh, Colin and, and Rossi on. I, I wasn't a Reem fan. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I'm not a Reem fan. Um, didn't like her. Uh, just I couldn't couldn't stand the the way she played the game and kind of how she was an edge of extinction. So, um. Yeah, sorry to disappoint. And look, as always, to to play the devil's advocate, to be the sucker, whatever you want to say, I would not be opposed to having Reem on the show. I like speaking to players that I'm maybe not a fan of because they changed my perspective. It's happened in the past. And again, to play the complete safe card here, it's nothing personal against Reem. It's what I saw on an edit. But yeah, was not a fan. Um, and it's tricky when you refer to her as a first boot because... This is the, the difficulty with Edge of Extinction. You know, how, like, do, is she a first boot? She was first voted out. Does that make her the first boot? I would argue no. That would be Wendy or, um. yeah, I've gone blank on the other guys. I am already. This is our problem with these last few seasons. Uh June. Hello, June. Uh Firstly, I'm so happy to see you back, Ben, where you belong, with Survivor. Thank you. I... Would think I belong in Australia, but I'm in New Zealand, but hey, bad joke. Thanks for helping me access your old interviews through email. My pleasure, June. I, I know who you are now. Absolutely. We spoke on email. Great. Uh, I hope you will be bringing the winners who are not chosen to be on your show uh, to recap season 40. Uh, I'm guessing you mean chosen not to be on season 40. I'd love to hear from the people like Tina, Richard, vesepia Todd, or Mike. If we can't have them on our screens, we can have them on our podcast. Three cheers for Ben Waterworth. For his Survivor return to podcasts. I'm ready. Uh, thank you, June. Uh, and I'm, I'm very glad that you've got those uh, episodes working. So thank you very much. And just, just a quick mention, just before I answer your question, June, that anyone listening who maybe does want to hear an old episode, by all means, shoot, send us a contact. Uh, contact us on our our website—that's what they call Ben—the or email us at theolsnetwork at hotmail com. Because while we are going to be putting them up on Flashback, uh, Flashback Friday, our new segment, we I do have them readily available online. There is actually a, a backup feed that we did make to make sure that we didn't lose these episodes online for situations like this. So June reached out and sort of had commented on the very old Survivor Oz page, which, again, is still available, wordpress.com It kind of feels very ancient now, going back and looking at it, really. It's still discussing like, what can we expect from the, you know, the return of Australian Survivor? Um, and June had commented on a, on a post, wanted to access these interviews, and sort of, long story short, I was able to provide her with some links of some of the old episodes. So by all means, anyone listening, if you do have, a request that we're not getting to on Flashback Friday, please contact me uh, or the show, and we will definitely go out of our way to do that. But to answer your question, June, um, that is a plan. I I very much would like to get as many of them on. And look, it's not just going to be me. uh, It's not just going to be Colin. It's not going to be anyone on this show. It's going to be all the shows. You know, Rob has a podcast. You know, all the other Survivor podcasts out there are going to be having the same idea. So a lot of these winners are going to be in demand. Um, But look, similar to what I was saying before about how you know, we've forged, I think, some solid relationships with some of the players on the old winter season. We've also forged some very solid relationships with some players who are not making it on there. So, you know, people like Tina, people like Brian, people like Vesepia, Richard, you know, I don't foresee too much of an issue getting them on the show to talk. So um, absolutely will be the plan. Similar, again, to what I said in regards to sort of interviews and sort of full-time, like it's, it's not going to be a case where we're going to have like a a weekly recap with a player and a weekly recap with Colin and myself. It's it's mainly probably just going to be one per week and one week it might be just Colin and I discussing it. Then the next week we might have a Sepia if we can get her and people like that. So, um, absolutely. And look, look, Todd would be great. It's been a while since we've had Todd on the show. Mike has never been on the show in a proper capacity, obviously only through, um, interviews with him at, at events that we've attended. So yeah, it would be fantastic to, to get Mike on for a proper interview, obviously after everything that happened too as well. A lot of that water's all under the bridge now. So yeah, long time. And um, look, it's great to get like Fabio on. You know, I always enjoy talking to Fabio, uh, Bob, you, you know, any of the winners that haven't been on before or have been on before, but yeah, who aren't on this season. So really, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people have tuned out to this end because it's just, it's very long winded answers here. Um. So I might just... Some of these ones actually now aren't necessarily directed at me, but I, I skimmed over these last few questions. Lou, I have a suggestion for a future podcast episode. Oz Network making up their own winner's season cast debates and picking 10 men and women would be so fun if you did it in the style of your past rankings with vetoes and all. That would be fun. Great idea, Lou. Not opposed to the idea. I will definitely... uh you know, recommend that. That can definitely be something we can do uh, in the coming weeks or months in the lead-up to Season 39 and 40 as well. Craig Lowe again. Hello, Craig, you're a long-time listener. Um, it is sad. This could have been one really to uh, bring up to Nick, but I don't think I asked this one because I think we sort of discussed this one. It's sad New Zealand Survivor's is for now. I find it interesting that they base their seasons on location without going themed, unlike other international ones, Australia and USA recently, if it returned uh, You see it. Will you see it going to themes without a new location? Um, Look, probably could have raised that with Nick. Look, I personally think that location is better than theme. But, hey, you know, theme is the flavor of the month, isn't it, for Survivor? So, who knows? Uh, And the final one here, Henry Bean says, with the talk of Australian Survivor shooting two seasons this year... And likely returning next year in February. What are your thoughts on two seasons a year? Will production less than the day, shooting 100 days a year for two seasons back-to-back seems crazy. That's 50 episodes of Australian Survivor a year. I've not heard that yet, Henry, that they're allegedly shooting two seasons. I would find that fascinating. Um, if they were to do two seasons a year, 39 days, 14 episodes... Look, if they do one season a year, 39 days, 14 episodes long-term, on the record, not a fan of this 50 days, 25 episodes nonsense. It's too long. It's too long, and Survivor does not warrant that. So I would be very much an advocate for them to skim it down, bring it back to lesser episodes, lesser days, and yeah. So if that's the case, sure. And look, I think you're absolutely right. Henry, I think that 100 days for two seasons back-to-back is a very long time. It's a third of the year down, Um, you know, and it's we always talk about the contestants being away from home for that long, but, you know, uh, Jonathan LaParle has got a life. You know, there's hundreds of production crew that work out there and not just production. You've got, you you know, assistants who are working through Channel 10 and just so many people involved with the production of a show like Survivor. So, you know, they've got lives too and I... I, (laughs) hundred days filming on location might sound glamorous and but you know, think about it, being in that situation realistically, you know, could you afford to be away for a hundred days from your family and friends and life and everything in those. So it's interesting. It's a great question, Henry. And honestly oh, any any question, every question that we got sent in was fantastic. And this is one thing I will say that I, I have definitely missed about doing survivor podcast is that while i i'm obviously loving doing all our other coverage of all our tv shows and movies it's great fun to be able to sort of you know expand our our library of what we're covering i think that the interaction that we get from from you guys out there it's just it's fantastic and you know i have mentioned a few times there with survivors.wordpress.com now available well it's always been available um that i i did go through it recently and kind of just I was in awe at the content that we used to produce and just the the collective, you know, work that our entire crew at Survivor Oz put together and then the feedback we got, you know, it's kind of, it's crazy to think that that product was out there at a certain point in, in all our lives and I'm forever grateful that, you know, I was involved in that. So for anyone who's still listening and listening to me dribble and, you know, rabble on this bullshit that I'm s- rambling on right now, um, it's, it's a joy to have you guys still on board and, and send me messages, send Colin, send anyone messages on this show and, and really, you know, engage with us. Uh, and I would, it would be fantastic if anybody listening to this show, you know, who maybe just stuck around for Survivor and kind of does ignore our other episodes cause you're only here for Survivor, you know, it would, it would, as Nick said, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun doing these other shows and it'd be great if you gave them a listen because, I'm sure there's a movie we've covered or a TV show that we've covered at some point that you've watched, and just give it a give it a give it a go. It's fun. If you like the style of show that we put together for Survivor, it's exactly the same. You know, we we talk, we rant, we go on stupid points, we make dumb comments, usually by me, and we have a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I've been speaking here now for how long? I don't even know. A good old 15 minutes added to the end of this podcast and you're probably going, Ben, shut the fuck up, I want to go to bed. (laughs) To to date this episode for you folks, it is 11.17 on a Tuesday evening. I am on location right now in a little town called Tianao in New Zealand. Uh, It is on the west coast of the South Island near... uh, near the Fiordland National Park, a very picturesque part of this country, sort of, um, you know, working up here for the week on my full-time job. And I'll be absolutely honest with you, I've had an absolute shitter of a day. My beloved Toronto Raptors lost Game 5 today by one point. And obviously by the time this airs, we will know whether the Toronto Raptors have won the championship or have choked and have lost the championship. So I'm hoping that if I ever listen to this episode on the day it's released or in the future, that I can be a happy Ben and not a sad Ben. So I please do ask that if you're going to message and troll me, like, <laughs> no, I just gave you an idea now. So I'm just I'm just giving you an, uh, a reason why perhaps I'm sitting here rambling at this time of night after you've long tuned out. But anyway, thanks to everyone for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun bringing you these three episodes uh, over the last three weeks. It was just something we thought we would do to kind of you know test the waters a little bit of our survivor coverage give a bit of a feeler out there um because outside of all the other shows that we're covering you know survivor is still around we're still passionate survivor fans and we realize it's our roots and we definitely still want to be able to provide coverage and and personally i'm sort of back on the horse so stay tuned for some exciting stuff coming uh, hopefully, in the coming months, in the lead up to Island of the Idols or Island, whatever the hell the season season thirty nine, whatever it's called, and yeah, it's an, still say it's an exciting time to be a Survivor fan in the lead up to uh, all winners. So, yeah, keep on listening, keep on getting involved, and uh, thank you again. I keep saying thank you. God damn it, Ben! Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on Instagram, subscribe on all the relevant podcast channels wherever good podcasts are sold. Uh, Instagram is not one. iTunes, that's what I was trying to say. And uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. And you can also leave us feedback. Please, by all means, if you listen to this show and you are one of the many people that have sent in a listener question and you are still right now sitting here listening to my voice, go on and on and on and on. I implore you. I plead with you. I ask you from the bottom of my heart to go to iTunes, to go to these services, leave us a rating, feedback. All you need to do, click on the five stars. Then you can click on a couple of words. Ben wouldn't shut up, but I love the podcast. Or fuck it, one star, shut up Ben, the Raptors suck, go Warriors. Like, whatever. Like, you can do any of those in whatever order. The point is, we would very much appreciate... If you could leave us some feedback because by leaving feedback, it does actually expose the podcast more and more out there. It enables us to get a little bit more out there on things like the featured pages on iTunes, the what's hot pages. All of a sudden there's some algorithms that go boom. A lot of people interacting with this show must be a decent show to listen to. So uh, obviously it would be very much appreciated from our end that if you appreciate us, share the love, help us get out there a little bit more. And it's a nice round circle of love being shared around constantly and we'd we'll be able to provide you more content as well because it shows us that people are listening. We know that you want to hear from more from us, probably not four from me. I'll bugger off back to Invercargill and you can listen to Nick and Colin and all the people that actually talk sense. So yes, please do that. Thank you very much. And we love you. I don't know where, where I'm this is why I don't do these by myself, because this is what happens. I just talk shit. Thanks for tuning in. Keep tuned in to the Oz Network. Great episodes during the week. I'm going. My name is Ben. The tribe has spoken. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.